0: <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Uh I'm Brendan with Production House 45 and this is Indie Film Spotlight and today we have Alex Hacker. Alex Hello. how's it going buddy?
1: It's going all right. I'm go- it's, it's it's been a week but you know <laughs> we're getting we're getting through it it seems whether we want to or not. 2021
0: man. Uh I love how everyone thought it was going to be you know, we talked about this. I It just yeah. kind to you know, flip. No. All are uh, movies have sequels, <laughs> you know All horror movies have sequels. We're only
1: Jason 18 now.
0: If you guys don't know the name Alex Hacker, which you guys should, um, Alex started his career in television with working as a development assistant for Olive Productions and then went on to work on Where We Met, HBO's I Know This Much Is True, as a director assistant for Derek Sanfran and that's awesome Honestly, from, how do you say his name scene Seen france scene france i i remember day one i was like trying to figure out how to say it and there's everyone said it such a different way so i just was always like i just was always like i hope i'm not in this situation
1: well the thing is i think you know we had all these actors come into audition and they would ask everyone asked me like so how do you pronounce his last name because you know he makes really intense movies i know you don't want to be it, like what's your last, last name, name. It sounds like very like artsy and European, but it's like the guys from Colorado. It's seeing fan That's
0: that's what I'm saying. That's why I like when I go into it. I'm like, ah, I can't, I can't be in a situation where I have to like do this because I'm gonna butcher it and I'm gonna look so silly doing it. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. And that's where me- he He's a great, oh, great guy, great director. I it was awesome working on that for him with him and. Honestly, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have met. And I know. Alex, my man, you are seriously one of a kind. Dude. You are thank such you. a brilliant a unicorn. I was gonna say you're such a brilliant writer, such an amazing director, and just an all-around great person. And I am so glad you had the time to uh no, stop join us. Oh, I stop. know, I know. Don't. This is gonna be this is just gonna be a fanfare. <laughs> but Alex, thank you so much again for joining us. Um happy to be here. So, as a writer-director, what is the biggest biggest thing you uh, you kind of focus on when it comes to basically developing an idea? Do you start with a script idea? Like, what comes in first? Is it your writer side or your director side? It depends.
1: Um, half the time, usually it's a, an idea for a single scene. Um, it's something like usually I I do this thing where if I hear a song I like, I'll just run it into the ground a million times. And usually with that song, I have an idea for like a scene in a movie that that song could be set to. Um, And then it's like, and if it's a good enough idea, I'll go like, well, that's a good scene. Like, where can I put that in a movie? I'll write the scene down and I'll like put it away. And then later I kind of go back to it and go like, oh, that's that scene, I can put that here. Or it's just kind of, I go like, well, what happened before that scene? And then I think about what led that character to, you know, dance like that or whatever the song may prompt in me. And half the time, the other half of the time, it's, I'll read something and go like, that's like, I, I wrote a script that I, I believe you've read called The Jealous mm-hmm. God and mm-hmm. that was, I read online this guy who'd been a faith healer was like, here are the parlor tricks that they used. So many people believe that I was healing, you know, their sickness and their cancer. Please excuse the cat <laughs> that's <laughs> clawing at the door. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Like. Faith healers do it that. Oh, hello. Oh, I already have one. Thank you. I just opened another beer. I love you so much. Thank you. You're perfect in every way. Yes, please have that one. I love you. My girlfriend everybody. She's 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 a gem. Um, but yes, so I I read this article where this guy was detailing like the grift side of being a faith healer and like the kind of magic tricks and parlor tricks and kind of covert hypnosis that goes into making that seem authentic. And I just kind of sat with that and I was like, well, what if I make a movie about someone who does these tricks? And I wrote a movie around that article. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, it's like, I kind of read something that I I kind of find fascinating or just a character that I think is really compelling. And then I use that along with whatever scenes I have, and go, oh, like, perfect. Now this scene makes sense for this character. Mm -hmm. And kind of build it from there. I have so many half written scripts though. Usually, I feel like everyone write... does.
0: Everyone has that one thing they're like, oh yeah, we're still working on it. It's still coming together. I just got to, you know, get some inspiration for it or something. Yeah. Well,
1: my my horrible curse is that if I outline, I I stop writing it. Cuz the the fun for me is is that aha moment, that's like the high that I chase. I'm always putting the track in front of the train. When I write I go I go back and fix things later, but the oh, first draft at least is sort of like try to surprise myself. And if I know how a movie ends, I never write it. Cause I go, oh, well I know what happened. So I'll just write that later. And all the urgency is lost. So the fun for me is going like, oh, and then this happens and I surprise myself. And I go, oh, that makes sense because they said that line earlier. Oh, perfect. And then I write 20 pages that night, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But then half the time I write 40 pages of something. And then I go like, oh yeah, well I know how it goes. And I'm bored with it now, which is a horrible curse I gotta. <laughs> get out of
0: it. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's really creating the world that you want to write. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to, when it comes to that kind of thing, um, especially for The Jealous God, uh, which is, yeah, great script. I mean, Thank honestly, one of my When you sent it to me and I opened it up, I literally read it that, like, right there and then. Like, I didn't stop. I couldn't stop. I was was impressed. It's it's long. (laughs) I know. I know it is. And I remember it was, I forget what it was, but I, like, I was like, wow, that was really good. I was like, I I was seriously, like, so, like, stuck, glued to it and, like, wanting to know what happens. Now, when it comes to that, you mentioned you kind of got the inspiration from an article. Now, when it comes to kind of translating to that script and kind of world building, do you do you usually plan out the world before writing the script? Like, how what's your what's your process with that?
1: Yeah, the world usually comes first because um, then I think, well, who lives in this world? So, I wrote another film called Marathon um, that takes place in the near future, also inspired by an article um, about um, how self-driving cars are going to decimate the organ donor market because most. Organs in the organ donor bank, or the organ bank—I guess it's called—come from car accidents. And if you and if you remove car accidents from the equation, which 90% of our human error, then there's a shortage of organs that can go to people who need them. Which will create a demand for organs that'll be eclipsed, that'll be overtaken by the black market. And I was like, well, that's really cool. There's a that's movie, so- and I wrote a movie around <laughs> that. Yeah, that's crazy. Take that Tesla. <laughs> so i was like well that's a fucking i never thought about that so i wrote a movie about you know what happens in a world where self-driving cars have been a thing for 20 years and people are sick than ever um i forget how i got to this point yeah so it's like i so you make the rules of the world and everything else follows because as long as you're consistent in what isn't is impossible it makes your job so much easier you know it's like the thing in magic movies where you know, people have a power that, that, they, that, that they never showed before. Like in Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman, she just goes, I can make something invisible. I tried it once, I don't know, and then she does it. It's like, well, I don't know what the rules are. Can you just do that? you never seen you do that before. I don't, yeah, so mm-hmm. the world is really important. And then from there, you, you think who populates that world and what's the history of it? And, you know, did they serve in a war? Did they grow up with one parent, both parents? And that it kind of all comes from from that world that you're trying to create, at least at least for me. I'm not trying to say this is a one mm. size fits all thing.
0: Yeah, and then from that you kind of like the script writes itself. You know, I mean, no, way, <laughs> I write it. Goddamn, I it. Was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for me, when I'm when I'm writing and stuff, I mean, I'm really big on world building, and um, I was actually uh, listening to a podcast. Uh, about um it was actually uh Duncan Trussell the comedian he was talking about how he kind of like developed the show on on Midnight Gospel which is on Netflix um if you haven't watched it check it out it is it's on my list anyway um he just talks about he's like yeah when it comes to writing the story we we just like it was we made all this lore that you'll never see or like you'll kind of not to but like you won't know unless you wrote the show like no one will ever see it And it's just like I feel like the bet the what makes like a story whole is the attention, the detail. So if you, if you're thinking about all the lore and why, like the pen is on the table like that, you know it's all silly stuff that we probably learned in English class. Like why, why are the curtains blue? It's like, everything has meaning in a scene I feel. And I think the more there are things that have meaning in the scene, the bet like the more, I don't want to say like less, less amateur, but like, I feel like that's how it, you really sell the scene, you know? um with definitely reasoning for everything it's like maybe not you know you don't know, like his feeling oh the glass cup is placed on the table like that for some sort of reason so it's like no but like he it's neat because the guy has ocd or something you know it, it, it's in his world um but i think i think that's one thing that a lot of uh writers miss is the world building you know they just kind of go into and write the script and kind of write this dialogue and like you notice this in very like dialogue heavy movies it's just like so much dialogue that's telling the story and like you know the way I was taught it was just like film is a visual storytelling so you want to tell more in the in the in the visuals than in the actual dialogue dialogue's kind of like the uh the extra you know the good stuff um yeah which
1: is why I I love and hate Christopher Nolan movies. (laughs) I know, I know. So visuals, but everyone stops for ten minutes and go. So this is this is string
0: theory. It's like no. We we have to explain what just happened. Yeah. Sound like I know, and I love, and I love Christopher Nolan. Inception is what got me into filmmaking. Seriously, like I remember in high school. Oh really? Yeah, it's crazy. I know. I mean, not know that. Yeah, I mean, it's a little guilty pleasure. I mean, I remember being in high school. I was taking a media class. I mean. I even told. It's funny. I went back and talked to this teacher and was like, "Hey, I just want to you know, like, you're kind of like the reason why I got into this." And he would like just seeing his like reaction to that. It was, I don't know. And that just really kind of made me want to do this show and kind of just like share everyone's kind of experience because like filmmaking is just just a it's a powerful medium and just like a powerful like storyteller. But we, it's just. I, it really, I know Inception. I saw Inception and I was like, wow, that was like really visually awesome, like stimulating. I was like, whoa mm. that was cool. But at the same time, like the storytelling was great. And like I remember we there was a there was a thing where I was like, oh, shoot a film based off your favorite director, and I was like Christopher Nolan. So I like oh. made this really, it's really bad. It was like this really, <laughs> it was like I was in I was a senior in high school, so I had this like HD camera, and it's funny I shot it and then I lost all the footage, had to reshoot it, and like the story changed crazy, like so different and it was just like this very like dark like i made it really like saturated the contrast was crazy i made it in iMovie so it was like you can't really you know you're throwing iMovie filters on it but it was like this kind of deep edgy like oh there's there's a something in your brain that makes you like have this crazy power but we haven't explained it yet and the whole movie's a loop like it starts out with Ooh. just like yeah and i was and my teacher's like that's, that's pretty cool wait, how, how old were you <laughs> i don't know uh around 16 or 17 or 18 but it was literally like that's i know i know i know it was literally just me driving in my car and turning a corner and like the title screen pops up and then the movie starts and then Mm -hmm. it's like the movie goes on it ends up him getting in a car escaping in the car driving off and the movie (laughs) and i was like see what i did there (laughs) see what i did there that was Chris. that was the that was the christopher nolan movie that was the moment and then my teacher's like oh see job, i would buddy. have
1: loved you in high school because i i used to run the film club of my of my high school and um the guy before me the year before i took over the 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 film club at my school had started a film festival for my high school and we solicited films from high schools from like the tri-state area i think there were a few more distant than that but by and large it was like other high schools near us send in your movie and we'll show it you can win a prize and like a like a little trophy um and if you want to come bring your friends what give you passes everything it was a great like big opportunity for the school
0: and yeah which i know. think more schools should take advantage of especially with yeah. like younger or i mean in school that was my big thing like was just even showing the class and then when we did screenings i was like it was just a magical moment you know and i feel like everyone especially like filmmakers should feel that and i feel like starting that even younger like
1: well i met people through it I still work with today like yeah. my ADM editor on 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 my current project I met him through that festival because he submitted a film that I was like this is this is weird and we met in the lobby and you know god 10 10 years later <laughs> we're still working together and like best friends and
0: I know I mean that's with us with the roommate thing I mean I I lived with uh Peter and Desi my other two partners in production house 45 and like we were just like doing class projects together and we're like no one's right we had like our school had a red so we're like we're never gonna what? see what yeah i know that was the only thing that was like kind of our thing like, we were in the i went to Holy for, shit i went to a suny school in the middle of nowhere and their big pull for the film production was like we got two reds and i'm like yeah i guess i'll, I'll go <laughs> there but like honestly i've teaching was great but like i was like that was the big pull you know we had reds and we're like Wow, we're gonna make a movie so like when we were the only people because like i don't know if, if this was the same thing for you but like for some reason like with us it was like a small school our class was relatively small but like half the people didn't want to be there they were just doing it because it was kind of like the easy route out because it was just like you're making like videos and stuff you know? like you get graded on it but it's like really yeah. fr- it's you know you're it's not as hard well, that because- didn't
1: that didn't fly at my college they were really hard. like The film program was a hard one to into because they had very limited resources. They only had so many cameras. Mm-hmm. So unless you were like good because way my school worked is that you declared your major at the end of your sophomore year. Yeah. Same with us. But you did have certain credits to do it. We... But there were kids who would make movies for their for their moderation board to like mm-hmm. declare majors. And some of them didn't, weren't allowed to be film majors because they just made a film about, you know, them and pickle juice in a bathtub. And they were like, what the fuck is this? Like, you didn't try. Yeah. And, they, and they were denied entry to the film program, which is, I mean, it's one way to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, with us, I mean, we were a SUNY school, so it was like a little less harsh. And, and like, the only thing is like, our our film school was, it was like, run by, the, it was it was a communication degree. Like, it wasn't even film. It was like, the, the the title was communication and video production narrative concentration and you're like ooh oh that's fancy, fancy. but as, but at the same time <laughs> like our school I felt focused more on like the news and like broadcasting over film and like we didn't really learn true film stuff until senior year and I'm like why am I learning this now like I just I felt so like robbed a little bit and this is where my friend like me Desi and Peter were like hey it was our senior year we finished our capstone We're like we have about a month or less left here at school where we have access to this equipment and that we'll we'll never have access to again for like for free yeah. because we're students there let's shoot as much as we can and we shot through three short films hey. um, and honestly that's like this is like where it all was born and it was just like working with them was great because it's like, wow, they're really like determined to get stuff done, especially when we're crunching. And it's like, we're, we have a red and then like we have the daylight, you know, we don't have a lot of like, we have equipment, but it's like, what can we work with? And that's kind of like the whole indie thing happened. And like, so pH 45 was born and fuck yeah, it really, honestly uh, kind of changed me. And that's what really got me to film the whole indie aspect of it, you know, run, kind of running and gunning and also just kind of like, let's just do the Like, let's make this happen
1: um well we met on the biggest indie film that ever existed
0: so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know hbo i've them? never heard of them. Yeah. i mean but that's crazy though you meet like i met you and then you're like we mm-hmm. you know we got to know each other and you're like hey i write these scripts do you want to check them out and i read them and i was like alex this is awesome like i'm not just tooting your home like this is really good and now to see that like it, you're working on the short film and it's just mm-hmm. th- that's my favorite thing about working on like professional film sets. No matter what you you know you meet the grips and like, but this grip is also like oh I'm also but I'm really a DP. I just like doing grips for right. work. And you're like what? And then you like you watch your short films. You're like you know that was actually pretty great. And then like, I mean you that was great. You were director's assistant. So I was just like oh my god like, yeah. oh, my God this I'm like dude this is I'm like dude this is awesome. I'm like. I love this script. Like seriously, a jealous god is still today one of my favorite scripts. And I'm like, I'm like Loki. I'm like, yo, let's you know, when's it coming out? Like, dude, what's your plans for this? But um, how about this weird thing? (laughs) Because sorry, go ahead, please. No, 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 no. Please take it away. No, no, finish
1: your question, please. I was just
0: gonna. I was gonna say like, where's it? Like, what do we? What's what's your? When you write scripts, like, what's? How do you make them the next project you're working on?
1: Well, I just sort of, I just write every day and it's sort of dictated by my mood what i'm writing you know sometimes i'm working on a thing that because i think that the problem is is that i've written enough films like jealous god where it's like because so when i worked in development just to backtrack i read a lot of scripts my job is to read scripts people send in all the time um some of it was you know trying to get a job on a show that we were staffing some of it was to have a film made and i would have to read all these scripts and i read i think something like 208 over the course of like a year and a half are these like company. features or is it
0: episodes
1: some of them were features some of them were so they we were developing a tv series at the time and they were trying to staff their writers room so we would get samples from people which is like development houses in new york this one that i worked at were really attractive to to, to larger conglomerates because they have a large tie of the theater world a lot of playwrights are tapped to be tv writers so you're seeing theater, you're going to shows, you know who's the hot young thing, and they send you scripts. So we had a lot of plays that were sent in that have since gone on to be moderate Broadway hits, you know, like things that you've heard of, I'm sure. You're like, oh yeah, I heard of that. Um, and then a lot of scripts were just, some of them were movies, some of them were pilots. And I read a lot of stuff, and part of me would go like, I read a lot of scripts that I just went like, well, if they have an agent, I'm fine. <laughs> <Like>, of them <something laughs> really, really bad. And, and it's I just, was like, just like, crazy. okay, you like they well, made this. Like, I'll be fine. I know. But then, but then I would read things that were so good made me angry, and I would go home that night and just be like, I gotta fucking write something that good. Like, there were three or four scripts that I read that I was really passionate about that I was like, we need to make this movie or this show, whatever it was. I'd bring it to my boss and I'd go like, "Hey, here's a really good script by this guy. He has like two other credits of like a show, but like this movie is incredible. And she'd read it, and then she'd go to me. And she goes, "Yeah, but who's going to see
0: it?" And
1: I was like, "But, but the story of this one-handed farm boy is really good." But she was like, "No, no." That's the toughest thing.
0: You got to pitch it to these 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 huge companies, you know, to get like to be the next thing. And it's just like, no. Sure.
1: Well, it's it's really dictated because I I one of my first internships was doing development as well, reading scripts that I came in. And most of the scripts that are being sent into these production companies are being read by 20 year olds you know so not, not so it's not a hard and fast world, but most of them are younger people who are just out of college or in college who are yeah. reading scripts because it's yeah if you have any like if if you're film literate and you know how to like f- phrase things, you read a script and you go, yeah, this didn't work because this character underdeveloped or like we never get a real, like a real sense of time and place. you can kind of write that out. And diagnose a movie, which I find really fun. Um, I love reading scripts and going, like, no, it's really great, just write an ending for it, kind of thing. But we read a lot of scripts, and some of them were great, some of them were bad. And the ones that tended to kind of fall upwards were the ones that spoke to someone higher up. Mm -hmm. You know, if they had a mom with cancer growing up, then they're going to love this script about a kid who cares for their parent. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not a hard and fast rule again but in my experience there's a certain level of resonance that it has for someone higher up the ladder that goes this is what we're going to focus on they don't all get made there were some things that we were developing that were going to be like I, me- I remember one of them got really far at a at a certain at a certain network and had like full approval they were trying to cast it and write it and it's never happened And this thing had like a lot of juice behind it and like a really really big name wanted to happen and it just never came about and i and i kind of every now and then i google it like is that still happening and there's not a peep of it so you never you never know like it's it's really the most random thing in the world and that's both liberating as like hey maybe my thing will be the random thing that makes it and also disheartening of like i can write the jealous god but who's gonna see it you know who's got- gonna really sit down and watch this long movie about faith healers? You would, cause you're cool and you have taste. But as a, <laughs> as a selling, but as a selling point, it's this idea of like, yeah, I'm writing this thing, but who like who's gonna want to watch it? Which is why I try to like write, like it's I do the one for me, one for them. So like mm-hmm. I do one that's really personal, and like subtle and weird and you know period piece, father daughter or whatever, and now but I'm that- writing a zombie
0: movie exactly but that's the thing when it comes to indie i think when it comes to indie film the big the best thing about those it's like with indie it's like let's just let's make this we gotta make this they're not gonna make it but let's make it because it's us you know it's very it's like we can make this run and gun and i think that's my favorite thing about indie because it's just like just make it see what happens you know um and it's just sometimes it's very liberating when you're you know you write something like this and it's like you know there's only one way to really find out if this is going to work and not. let's just shoot it and I think you know it's easier to show them the movie that you're seeing than handing them the script like what do you what do you have to feel like what, what's your input on that
1: I mean I think I think the script is the one place where you can kind of let your imagination run wild and if you can write well enough and really paint a picture because I've read scripts like if you read the, the script for Lady Bird for example it's very spare mm-hmm. it's like Lady Bird takes communion and that's that's it but Greta was gonna direct it. So she writes it and she knows what's gonna look like. She doesn't have to tell anyone what what like what's gonna be on screen or how long the scene will be. She can just be spare because she knows in her head what it's what's gonna be in the end. But if you're just writing for some other person, usually someone who you're hoping will wanna buy it or or produce it, then you have to be a bit more colorful and vivid and really pace it out. And Then you go back in your second draft and go, oh, there's too many words here. And you like cut a few things. I remember one of the first scripts I ever wrote, I wrote a scene, I was like, I was 15 and I I wrote my first feature and it was a scene where a guy goes into a bathroom and I I wrote something to the effect of like, you know, it smells really bad in there or something like that. And someone's like, no one's gonna know what it smells like. Like no one watching was gonna know what it smells like in there, cut that out. Yeah, And also things that, yeah. And there's certain things too that just are for a director to decide mm. you know and, and, and sometimes you can write things it's like that's not really up to you <laughs> like, like you don't dictate camera angles in your script don't do it unless it's really important and like I
0: was, I was gonna say with being like a writer director do you find yourself writing like camera stuff in there because i feel like that's like a big thing you kind of like a lot of people tell you not to do you know write it so people like you're saying it's a visual thing you kind of want to like no one's gonna don't write the smell no one's gonna smell it you know it's a very visual speaking thing because that's how i was taught it was it was always like when you're describing the scene visualize it don't um
1: just. um i'm sort of two minds about it i've i've produced my own work and had others produce it um that friend i mentioned from the film festival um for a period of a couple of years we would make these super low budget low reside side movies where it's like, hey, our friend's restaurant's empty. Go, go, go. Mm-hmm. We get our friends to star and them. We'd shoot them for no money over a weekend, and then you know, cobble them together. And more than one of those were things I had written that I was like, a, like a small ten-page script. I was like really proud of. his type. tight, and I gave it to a director. And my friend's great, but he's a lot more expressive than I am, a lot more colorful. So he would do these things. I was like, this makes no sense on the day. Or I'm like, what f- are you doing? Why are we doing? But then you see it and you go, oh, his his mind works so much differently than mine does. And some of these things like, go, oh, that makes a lot more sense if that line is a joke than if it's serious. Mm-hmm. Like he told the actor to read the line this way because that line is funnier as a joke than as a serious line of dialogue. So I think I'm always really surprised and humbled by what other people bring to your work and how actors can really change your words, which is why I think it's really important that if you have a script that you like and want to show people, have someone read it or read it out loud to yourself. As soon as you hear the words out loud. Because on paper, your your mind kind of just goes over it. But if you're reading a line, you're like, this is going on too long. I've been talking for 18 seconds. This is a long piece of you cut it down. Or like that sounds unnatural when it actually comes out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay, cut that. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a process, but the one I'm doing right now, I wasn't supposed to direct. I had written it for a friend to direct and I kind of made it idiot proof <laughs> but like I didn't really leave a lot of room for for like not not ambiguity as far as direction goes just like it's a straightforward movie it's very there's not a lot of flash to it and I kind of didn't dictate anything camera wise or direction wise in the script. Like I it was kind of spare but now that I am directing it, I go, "Oh, I know exactly what to do," because I've been seeing this for a while. And as I wrote it, I knew the image in mind when I wrote this scene. So, let's just do that, and that helps it certainly.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, this now this is you're talking about play a short film. Your yes, current, sorry, You, right, yes, you want to go? You want to go a little more into that? I know that's something you guys are kind of working on now. You want to just, you know, sure, kind of give the viewers a little taste of what you're working on. Um,
1: play is a film about a non a, a non-binary sex worker who is contracted by a woman to be her live in dom for the for a week. And the film is that week that, that they spend together in this house. And how you know the what is work and what is play begins to blur, hence the title. Oh wow. I'm just that clever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's a, it's a sweet, strange little movie. Um, I, I I feel like I, I keep saying the wrong thing. I was just earlier today, I was talking to somebody um, who was curious about my, about my writing and I was trying to sell myself to her. And I said, well, I'll send you like my most recent sample. It's a short, like it won't take much of your time. Like I'm not asking you to read a 200 page, anything. She's like, oh great, like, like what is it? And I go, because uh, like, I feel like the minute you say, like it's about a non-binary, you know, dom dominatrix people kind of go "Mm, uh no like that you're a weirdo you're making a fetish movie it's like no i'm not And i it's just i find myself kind of overcompensating going it's really about a it's really about about privacy and boundaries and and what that you know what we hold from each other and but you know people everyone who's read it has been very complimentary and very sweet and everyone who's involved is incredibly like. I had someone say to me, "It's like I'm not doing this for money. Like I'm doing this because I really want to see this story and be a part of this project." Which is not something that I wrote down on this legal pad right here before we started at all. Um, <laughs> no, but, totally not But they did say to me, <laughs> and it was and it, and it and it was a moment of like, "Oh, we're gonna make a real movie. And it's gonna be really sweet. We're actually shooting on film." Oh decided, which is exciting and terrifying.
0: And I've shot with yeah. film and that is scary. But also Derek
1: would be proud.
0: I was yeah. gonna say, Derek would be proud. Oh I texted God. him, we're shooting on film. <laughs> oh, and he's like, Why? He's like, Okay. <laughs> Good he luck. was like,
1: Hell yeah, man, inspired by you. I'm like,
0: thanks, dude. <laughs> thanks, Derek. That's crazy this, though. This, man. So you guys are yeah. shooting on film. Um yep. what's your plan with this? I know since COVID hit, I mean, like us, most projects kind of hit the back burner. Where are you guys at right now? I know you guys are you doing a GoFundMe right now. You would say still pre-production.
1: Pre-production, I mean we're we're funded. The GoFundMe, we're just about funded, basically. The GoFundMe does not account for all the money that we've raised. We've raised money from outside investors. I've put in some of my own money that I've mm-hmm. saved. Um, so we're really about eighty percent the way funded. And it's like the next three months, I'm like, okay, well, stimulus check, death's cool. going in the movie. And then you just kind of do this math where it's like, yeah, this can work. Like, we're gonna be able to afford to make this thing at the end of the day. Um, so we're planning to shoot in March. Um, the original plan was to shoot for four days. But I looked at the script and I realized, you know, there's 16 scenes, really single shot, like vignette things, but there's 16 scenes that don't involve both our actors, that just involve one actor. And I was like, so in, if in the four days, there'll be long periods where we're paying for a second actor that, that we're not using. Mm-hmm. And I came to my producer, my DP, and I was like, hey, we need, to add a, we need to add a fifth day. We just do, either at the front or at the back, but we need an extra day for this one actor. You know, a part down set, we don't need much for this, but we, need, but we just need the time. And I was like, well, how can we, how can we that work? And my DP said, well, I, I own an RESR3, it shoots film and if we're not renting a camera body and we're just shooting on my camera like it gets us another day of shooting that's that's money that goes into that extra day and i was like for for the first time in history it's cheaper to use film
0: yeah and it is to
1: shoot digital
0: and you're just like and you know what? and that's one of those like things that happen you're like there's something special about it. You know, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like shooting with film is like such a different medium than digital. And I think it's going to add to this a lot.
1: And it's Um, an intimate movie too. It's like, just okay. Like 60 millimeter. Okay. Great. A lot of nice texture to it. Also the house that we're shooting in is this gorgeous, like seventies mansion. Oh, wow. I forget this. I'm sure this is apocryphal, but the woman or one of the, or the women who started MoMA lived there as like a cohabitation, art studio thing it's a gorgeous it's like locked in amber this house it's very 70s we're not shooting a 70s style which we honestly could have but um (laughs) maybe
0: we know just tweak it a little bit no 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 producer me is like dude i can't can't we can't make this a a we can't we can't items like bro we can't (laughs) i'm like where budget is, cl- let's try to make it, you know, something we can fund ourselves. We can't fund. All-
1: <laughs> well, that's sort of the thing that I've been really, really kind of overwhelmed by. because I've, I've never done a crowdfunding before. I've never, mm-hmm. It's my first time doing that. Usually it's been like, we do it for nothing and it, and we make it look like it costs something. Like I think the f- films that my friend and I made at Lory's side were maybe at, at most, ever at most, $5,000. And that was raised from people who would ran who who ran the art studio that, that we shot in. So it's like, hey, you know, if you fund us, we'll put you in a movie. There was a guy we worked with, who is who was very wealthy and vain and older, lovely man, but he really likes being on camera. And so we we're like, well, if you put him in a movie, he'll 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 pay for, pay it. for it. So we did. So we write these movies, and then we'd run a part for like the eccentric gallery owner or like whatever. And he'd shoot his scene, and then he'd, like, help and,
0: us. And, and you know, really I think everyone's been there. Everyone's been there. Um, it, film Filmmaking is just – it's crazy how much money that goes into everything. And you're just, like, I don't know why this costs so much. Like This is why it costs so much. Like, it's not just us. Like, oh, we're making film. It has to be this much. It's, like, no. It's, like, the, what you're trying to pull off, it's crazy that you realize – how much money to pull it off good goes into but then also I feel like my favorite part about the indie is like all right we don't have that money how are we going to pull that off and like yeah it's either like with it's very creative you know you get I feel like it really puts you in a creative headspace and it really makes you just like think outside the box and you know film is kind of like experimenting my big I mean I was a big science person before filmmaking and like what kind of the scientific side of filmmaking is also just like sometimes it's like you just get a shot and it's just by by chance and it's like hey I feel like there's a lot of by chance stuff that comes with indie filmmaking and I feel like that's what you kind of like when you're self-investing yourself that's kind of like what you're paying for you know um, oh, and 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 especially with indie, it's like you have to work with the small budget so you're like all right um a lot of time you're not paying crew or you're paying them a lot lower than their rate or you know it's really fun especially connection I feel like connections is such a big thing when it comes to this and you know finding those people who will do you a solid and really you know take the time out of their day to work on your passion project um i mean that's basically where we're at you know we're raising money it was kind of our first time doing it because all of it has either been out of pocket our own pocket or just like you know we're working with it we're like you know we got you know it's the first step that a lot of filmmakers are scared to make because it's like no one really knows how to like pitch themselves because it's like you're just starting who would who besides your mom or dad would like give you some money to it? And it's like, you know, you you yeah. you set this goal and you feel like, are we gonna reach it? You know, like what do we do if we don't reach it? Um,
1: well, that's that's sort of the 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 weird, you know, death by thousand cuts that you make because then you realize like, well, we need an extra day. Okay, an extra day. Well, that means meals for the whole crew. Well, how much is that? Well, three meals a day, twelve dollars per meal per person. That's $36 a person for a crew of 12. Like that, you know, over five days, that's, that's it adds a lot up. of money. It that's adds like, up. like, you know, two grand easy. So you go, okay, you know, plus tip and tax and all the other stuff. So you go, okay, that's money. Now there's COVID stuff. So, okay, we got to buy a gallon of hand sanitizer and gloves and masks. and also a that COVID,
0: also adds a lot of Yeah, get a COVID compliance office. It's like an extra crew member now. You know, you're adding and you're, you know, and then you're going to have someone who has to help clean everything. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why we've kept, you know, a lot of, we, we, we've shot one thing and it's, it was very closed off. It was just my two, Desi and Peter, they're roommates. So they're together all the time. And we hired an actress and we had a COVID compliance uh, officer on set. And, um, you know, it's what you can do right now. You know, that's what we feel comfortable doing right now, but it's just like you thought, indie filmmaking was tough that like before COVID now it's like, it feels almost impossible, you know, like who's going to work for almost dirt cheap during a pandemic. And also like, why would you put these people at risk? You know, I don't want to say for money, but like, you know, putting them at risk.
1: Yeah. There, there is that thing of just, just respecting everyone's time, you know, they're trusting you to create a safe environment to work in. And if you can do that, that's half of it. If you can make an environment where people feel able to be creative and not sit on ideas or comments, like, hey, that doesn't work. You know, there have been a lot of times where I've I've been on sets where it's like, that's, that's, I, I remember I worked with somebody once and they were sending me these scripts. And they asked me, and it was, it was an older person, someone who's in their, you know, late 40s. And they asked me, uh, you know, like, what do you think? And I was like, it's kind of it's kind of racist <laughs> they were like it is and i was like well, yeah like not it's not like like you you have a nazi in the sketch but just like you're missing so many things tonally and i was the first person cuz their friends were like this is so funny oh it's great cuz they just either didn't read it or were just like very you know want, want to be supportive but there's not that person to be like mm, no like just think about this like it's not like it's not an unfunny sketch but you need to think about what you're laughing at Like who is being laughed at and why, you know, is it this person, you know, in the scene who's who's you know who's a picky eater, or is it the person serving them? Like who's the butt of the joke here, and and why is that funny? But I think that's something that that's that's that people are more aware of now, if not, you know, completely. I'm 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 getting mealy-mouthed here. I'm losing, my, I'm losing my point somewhere along the way. I forgot how we got here.
0: <laughs> Honestly. Uh, me too, but that's okay. I was going to ask you about um, when it comes to uh, writing scripts, who who do you show it to? Like, I feel like a big thing, with, especially when you're first writing out, you're scared to show it to people. Like, Who's your go-to? Well. And also, sorry, to add to that, who's your go-to sure. in do you feel like it's very important that you share it with other people, whether they are not script writers or just kind of getting the, just as many eyes on it as possible?
1: I'm incredibly needy <laughs> as a writer. I'm very needy. I'm better than I used to be. When I was in high school and I think early college, I would 2 a.m., hey, can you read this real quick? And it's like an 18 page you know, short or something or the first part of a movie. And usually when people send me unfinished scripts, they say, like, is it good? I, I say it's like being handed a baby and being asked, like, will he be a doctor? Like, I don't know. Oh, Let's no. find out. If this, you know how he grows up. Um, but I'm a biggest hypocrite because I, I totally, I do that all the
0: time. I think, I think we all I remember,
1: I remember when I graduated college, I had an informational interview with, I, I shouldn't say, but a, a, a big writer on a, hit procedural tv show still on the air
0: we could still we, we can and, get we can get away we're good with that we're good. Yeah, tell me we're good my lawyer is wincing that's <laughs> because he's eating lemons uh, anyway I'm looking, I'm looking in the mirror the, <laughs> we're good
1: <laughs> so uh and you know it was in a, i i remember nothing about our, our interview because it was all basic like you know, believe in yourself and just write every day like that general it was a very boring meeting but at the very end he shook my hand and he said Remember, you only got to write for three people. Your best friend, the girl you're f***ing, and the girl you want to f***ing. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was just like, what? Uh, um, like, I have a best friend. I don't want to f*** anybody, and I don't got a girl. I'm like my buddy. And that's sort of how it's been. Like, I, I think I write for me. I write movies that I would want to see for better and for worse. Um, typically, when I'm writing, I show it to the same four people um my girlfriend usually sees it just because she's there and like i can be nakedly insecure about it and she won't judge me
0: i'm scared um, to show my girlfriend stuff like i don't think she's read actually any of my scripts or my like the my like script development i'm just scared to show her i feel like she wouldn't like i feel like not that she wouldn't love me but i'm just like yeah i wrote that
1: <laughs> then there's my friend who i've known since high school at the, at the, at the festival my friend nick um he was all my stuff and he's sort of a guy who I've worked with before and who I trust just to give me an honest assessment, but also who I know has my interest at heart. And then my other really good friend, Frazier, and sometimes writing partner, because I know that he knows his stuff. And so I like recently I'm writing this movie and um, there's a plot point that occurs at the halfway mark. And I was sort of like, uh, you know, I, I, I had a weird week. I wasn't quite feeling I was kind of writing this plot point begrudgingly. And I was like, ah, like I'm not, I'm not passionate about this plot point. Like maybe, maybe it doesn't belong here, but I do like it, like on paper. So I said, hey, can I send you this like 48 page thing? And you tell me what you think. He's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, no, I think it's good. I just want to see where it goes. And I go, great. I don't know. It's something about that, that because if he just said like it doesn't work, I would have scrapped it. Mm-hmm. Um, or if I had scrapped it, I would have like altered it. But sometimes. You also, have to be careful because if you send someone forty-eight pages of something, then like they won't read your second draft. It's like I read, I read it already. I don't want to read you it again. So you only like, them through so, so much? Airingly. but there's like five people that I, I, I can go to that'll read it. Like my friend Fraser, my friend Nick. I have a friend named Madison who's a screenwriter who's had some things like produced like bigger movies, mm-hmm. and he's a sweet guy. And we change scripts, we change scripts all the time. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's he's also very like practical about it or he's like, like i guess i said i'm jealous Scott. he's like it's great it's too big <laughs> like, it's like okay like that's that's a valid criticism he's like it's just a big movie a lot happens <laughs> I was like that's 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 true um so yeah i have people that i can send it to i tend to move on pretty quickly mm-hmm. certain things like if people show interest in them or if they do well at at, at uh Festivals or screenplay contests, as some of them do, then you kind of invest more in that one because there's someone saying, "No, this is good. Keep going at it." But I feel like if you write it and you go, "Yep, this is done," you know, put it on the shelf. Yeah, and just look at it, you know. And then, and occasionally I'll go back to some of them and go like, "Oh, I know how to fix the third act for that now." Like I wrote a, an arsonist thriller right out of college that I, I love the idea for, but the third act was always like rushed and kind of messy and a lot of leaps and Logic. And I was actually on set um, with you and I was talking to, uh, do you remember um, Jean Genie? Uh, From Genie, California?
0: Yes, I do remember.
1: I sent it to her, we were just we changed scripts and she was like, oh, it's it's good, but I wish that this came back. In the third act, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I rewrote the entire third act like, that summer. And it's a much better movie now. And you never know. And I'd finished it three years before we even had that conversation. I was like, yeah, three years ago, it's done. I'm going to put it over here. But then, you know, something happens to you in your life. And you go, oh, well, that character wouldn't do that. Because that's happened to me now. Yeah. That's not how I would react. You know, it's that sort of, I had a writing teacher say once, no one has ever vomited after getting shocking news it's like in movies they do it all the time but have you ever like gotten like shocking news and then gone (laughs) like no it doesn't happen like don't write in your movie i don't know i've gotten some weird tips of advice over the years
0: yeah no it's just like you hear so many different things and you're like i'm either gonna take that advice or not or like you don't understand it and then it happens to you and you're like now that makes sense now I understand what you meant by that.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's the high that I chase as a writer. It's like, it's that thing of, I, I know where it's going. I know that that's gonna happen, and that's gonna happen, but the character will decide how we get there. And sometimes the character take, takes a long route that you have to cut down by 10 pages by the time it's over. But as long as it makes sense to your characters, you make sense to the viewers. There's a great David Mamet quote where he says, I don't have to be accurate, I have to be convincing. Mm-hmm where it's one of those things where I spent so much time when I was first writing scripts of like, well, how does a hospital, like like what is the exact name for that machine? And like Googling it as if everyone's gonna Google my script and go, oh, that's what it looks like. But I was like, no, you're gonna say, hooked up to machine. You have to say, he's hooked he, he's, he's up to, to an XCA175. I don't know. I think that that was something I was really finicky about when I was starting out, that in page length. I read my first script when i was 15 and i it was it's exactly 90 pages because i was like it's not a real that's, movie yeah, it was not yeah, ninety yeah. pages exactly it's not a real yeah, movie it's just and like oh, the, the professors like told
0: us uh a normal features this it has to this happens at like you know what's the third you know the the first act ends or starts like the inciting incident has to start at this page
1: it's like so that's terrible that's an awful way to write a movie. It's colored it's, by numbers, and every I movie know. is the same when you watch. Like it's I, like I mean, big, it's
0: like a formula. It does because I, I mean, I'm a big save the cat fan, and that's the first thing I tell you. Every ah, <laughs> let the cat <laughs> die.
1: Uh, that is true. true. The save the cat it's thing true. is true.
0: It's true. They follow some sort of skeleton, whether you like you see it or not. I mean, like it makes sense. And then you add your personality into it. And that's what makes the film unique. But um, when it comes to pitching, I know you mentioned it a few times, just like pitching it to people. Like what what's your, what's your process of that? Like you write a script, you're done. What do you do? Like, what do you, how do you get it out there?
1: Well, usually what I do is I, I kind of, I write it. I'm and when it, when it, when, it, whenever I finish, I get very excited. I'm very like, just, you know, gotta get it out there. And I'm, I'm, you know, I think the first draft of Jail Scott was like 164 pages or something, and I sent it out there, and I was like, no, what have I done? Because then, like, two days later, I'd cut it down by 20 pages, and I was like, no, read this one instead, and then I just looked crazy. So I, I, what I've learned to do is, like, write it and sit on it for, like, a week, and then come back to it, and then go, all right, now I'm going to go through and, like, cut any unnecessary like, oh, the bathroom smelled bad. Like, cut all those lines out. All those, like, you know, Filler things, because I think there is that part of me that's still like, gotta make it 90 pages. it's not paced well. Gotta make the scene longer. <laughs> you know, the scene seven pages, which is fine. You have seven page scenes, but then there's it's a okay. little voice in my head that's like, that's that, that's that, not that's okay. That's too long. Come on, no. keep it moving. So I, I usually I finish it and I'm very excited and I send it to those five people I told you about. Mm-hmm. Hey, what do you think? And I get their feedback and if I hear the same note twice, then I go, okay, that's Got to do that, and I kind of tweak it a little bit, and I I go back and I go like, all right, well, and I, and I do that read out loud, read through. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that doesn't sound good. Maybe cut that line. i said this too many times. Like these characters sound too alike. I'm gonna add something to this character, and then I typically send it to people who I know who have like um someone I worked with on the show. Has been a part of some really big productions over the years and I emailed her and I was like, hey, you've read some really great scripts. Like, what do you of this? And then I kind of hear it from her point of view. And, then, and she goes like, well, as someone in my position, what I find attractive about it is this. But I'm wondering, you know, this ending, does this person have to die? Kind of. And you get that note where it's like, it's, it's friendly and not life or death. So you can kind of get that note in a place where it's safe to kind of not defend yourself, but go like, Oh, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And kind of be honest about <laughs> what you do and do not know about your own movie. And then I think from there, I start showing people who who are other writers and people who I know have interest in this sort, in this sort of stories. Like I have people I know who want to only read my, you know, robot arm stuff, my, my, um, my zombie movie. And then there's people who want to read Jealous God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, and the male escort movie I wrote, these quiet little character pieces that I I also enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of find my audience and sometimes it becomes something and they go like, yeah, can you make this a short and we'll shoot it? Yes, absolutely. And then you write that short and they shoot it. And then sometimes they go like, yeah, it's too big. (laughs) It's like, or who would see it and you go that's fair but what you have is another writing sample and something to show for your time i think that the biggest thing about this covid thing is having something to show for my time you know jealous Scott was finished in the first month of quarantine and i felt great for that month <laughs> you know, it was like i did i have a, i did a thing and then you know was in the summer and i go oh, i gotta have something else and then you know i wrote play and that's happening and I'm writing the zombie film. I'm I'm, I'm on page seventy-two of, as of last night, which is really exciting. And just yeah, just keep busy. And I I never kept a diary. I never. I wish I had.
0: Now. Oh, I have one, dude. I have a journal that I keep at my side and it's just like I'm getting a new planner too, because Desi, my buddy, he got one. He's like, it's so nice to have like something that schedules your day. Then also you can just write down little notes that happen on that day. And I'm like, there are so many I I, I tell everybody this, it happens, you have that idea. And if you don't have something near you, man, you lose some pretty good ideas. You think you're gonna think I'm, it. I'm telling you, you gotta get one. I will My send
1: problem is that I just don't think I'm that interesting. It's like I woke up and I and I ate toast, Let's and then do, I went on. You gotta write it now. down. <laughs> I, I like Google what that word meant, and then I watched Chopped. <laughs> It's Like I, I just always go like this
0: is. a There's a important. story somewhere. But what there. I do
1: have, are these scripts, and I can look mm-hmm. at the script I wrote when I was fifteen and go, Oh, I know who this kid is. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has no idea how alcohol works, and he thinks swearing is really cool. Cool, yeah. Like I know who this kid is. <laughs> like. It's, it's like, okay, and I read the script I wrote when I was sixteen and I go, All right, this kid is angry, really angry. <laughs> and I, I think it's funny to like just look back at the films that I wrote over, you know, my teen years. Like, why did I adapt that Fitzgerald story? I cannot relate to this divorce like, alcoholic. Like I don't know who this guy is, but I was so confident, like, I'm gonna write this movie. It's not it's not a terrible script. It needs, you know, it needs work, but Yeah, I have all these. I've written like 20, 23
0: scripts now, features. That's impressive.
1: And of those, I like four and a half of them.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's what it is, though. It's really, it's like you can't you gotta you gotta do it you know you gotta write the scripts they're not you gotta realize they're not all gonna be great you can't write that good script until you write that 20 something or like 100 something scripts until you learn you know it's it's a learning process and unfortunately you know you don't get you know you don't get you don't see the money right away but you know there's money yeah i know there's money in art alex
1: i've always i've always told people because i've you know i've had my i've had friends be like oh my our, our kids are applying to college could you please talk to them about you know college and i and i do and i remember i forget i forget what prompted me to say this but but one of them asked me a question i said listen like i'm telling you right now don't go into the arts for money because you won't make any but if you go into the arts for revenge you will get it one day like mark my words
0: oh yeah <laughs> that oh, yeah. That, that, you will that, get. that you will get you will get what is what is something you would tell somebody who is either like, like a first-time writer, director, um, what's some advice you would want them to have?
1: Right, just write what, 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 what you want to see. What would make you happy? You know, I feel like people tend to write things. I remember I went uh, during a college interview. This guy talked to us. He's like, yeah, adaptation is great, but I'll teach you how to write movies that'll sell. And I feel like people tend to chase these trends that they see. Like, I cannot tell you, how many Rick and Morty knockoffs I looked at at my development job, how many get out knockoffs there were and it's like well, that was a hit I'm gonna do that and that's not what you need to do just write something that you want to see that you care about and like write what you know is not a literal thing. write what you know does not mean write about yourself. what it means is hey if you've lost someone you can write about loss you know if you've ever felt you know cooped up you can write about you know being in prison it's just, Emotions. It's based on. It's not about experience, but emotion. Like I know what it feels to be lost. You write a, you know, uh, Desert Island movie. Like you can do those things as long as it's emotionally true to your character, and it's my movie that 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 you'd want to see. It's not. It's no fun if you're not having fun. If you're yeah. bored writing it, they'll be bored reading it and watching it. Because if you're just, all right, and then they go to the store. Like no one's gonna go give a. They're just. They're just not. So if. If you have fun writing it, they'll have fun reading it, and they'll have fun watching it. But if you're writing a movie about the Civil War because you think you're
0: supposed to,
1: it's it's not going to be good.
0: Have fun, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, like that's I think because otherwise, what's the point? If you can't have fun making stuff like art, then or I mean, look, it's it, it is work, but you know, it should it should inspire something in you that makes mm-hmm. you want to do it, not because you want to win an
0: Indie Spirit Award. Yeah, it's like the meaning behind, like, you want to make it because you want to make it, you know? And I feel like that's the best, that's how you gotta get the best product, you know? It's not about the money, it's literally about the crap. The money is just also awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: and there are certain films, and I'm not going to say what they are, but there are certain films that come out this year where you can tell that some, like, some of these writers don't like their characters. And not in a way that's like, oh yeah, but they're the villains. Like, no, this person's motivation's half-baked because the writer can't understand why someone would do something like this. And there's no empathy there. And it makes a character feel unreal. Yeah.
0: It's like, don't write characters if you don't know how they feel. And if you don't know- I
1: mean, you can do that, but I also think it's just a matter of like, but understand where they're coming from. Like I've never lost a child. But I can write a character who wants revenge because I because I, I understand. Oh, well, that's right. They want revenge. It makes sense to me, and I like this character and want them to get that revenge. But if you're writing, I mean, there was there was a film I saw recently where it was like uh, a character who cheats, like a, like a It was like that character who's like, "You cheated on me," and they're just like they're like cartoonishly evil. It's like, well, yeah, because this character doesn't feel real because everything like they're saying is just what the author thinks a cheater sounds like. They hate this person. I don't know. I I just think it's interesting to see what people think of their own character sometimes.
0: For sure. Well, Alex, it was a pleasure having you. i Are you already I,
1: oh my god, it flew oh my god.
0: I know. I mean it's like nine o'clock. It's nine ten. We've been talking for I could literally talk to you forever. Holy shit. I wanna shit. have I wanna have you on again. I definitely wanna talk more spiritually to you. I please, please. I always have a good time talking with you. Like seriously, like meeting you meeting you on set was one of the greatest things that probably came out of HBO. Um, you're a very talented writer. And I mean that from my heart Thank you so much, sir. And it's, it's so awesome picking your brain. And then we definitely have to talk again soon. Um, where can definitely. we find you yet? where can we find you at? Where do you want people to, you know, stalk you?
1: You can find me on Instagram at Petty Crocker. Um, <laughs> my, my avatar is um, a rodent, like Bart Simpson, um, rat boy, if you will. Um, as you know, I play Templeton in the show, so I yes. feel a deep affinity for, 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 for the rap boys of the world. Um, me. I'm not sure if you post links or anything. Oh so
0: yeah, no, I will. Everything will link. be in the link. Um, I'll put it in the You're bottom. You're still def-
1: fundraising. Yes. a little bit helps. If you give $5, go, that's
0: plenty. Go check it out. Play a short film. They need the funds. Go check it out. Uh, share it's it. It's going to be really, really, really special. You want, you want to be a part of something special, be a part of it. Um, I'll have the links for that down below, uh, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll talk again soon. I love, man.